morning and welcome to St. Columba's for our service of Holy Communion on this, the fourth Sunday of Advent. I welcome visitors in particular and thank you all for being with us. Karen McAlpine is now going to light the fourth of our Advent candles on the Advent wreath. Today we see that the first three candles of the Advent wreath are lit, the candles of hope, peace and joy. Now we light the fourth candle of Advent. This is the candle of love. Advent is a time for kindness, thinking of others and sharing with others. It is a time to love as God loved us. God is love. Let us be love also. From the Gospel of John we hear, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Let us pray. Teach us to love, O Lord, May we always remember to put you first as we follow Christ's footsteps, that we may know your love and show it in our lives. As we prepare for our celebration of Jesus' birth, also fill our hearts with love for the world, that all may know your love and the one whom you have sent, your Son, our Saviour. Amen. The Lord be with you. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Turning to page 222, we use the commandments the congregational response is in the words of the New Testament. Hear these commandments which God has given to his people and take them to heart. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods but me. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. You shall not make for yourself any idol. God is You shall not dishonour the name of the Lord your God. You shall worship him with reverence Remember the Lord's day and keep it holy. Lord, have mercy on us and write these your laws in our hearts. Honour your father and your mother. You shall not commit murder. Be reconciled to your brother and sister. Overcome evil with good. You shall not commit adultery. Know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You shall not steal. Be honest with all that you do and care for those in need. 
You shall not be a false witness. You shall not covet anything which belongs to your neighbor. Lord, have mercy on us and write all these your laws in our hearts. We turn back to page 202. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to intercede for us in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us then confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned in thought and word and deed, and in what we have left undone. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may walk in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on you. Pardon and deliver you from all your sins. Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness and keep you in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Collects for today, the fourth Sunday of Advent. God our Redeemer, who prepared the Blessed Virgin Mary to be the mother of your Son, grant that as she looked for his coming as our Saviour, so we may be ready to greet him when he comes again as our judge, who is alive and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and to put on the armor of light, now in the time of this mortal life, in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to us in great humility that on the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge the living and the dead, we may rise to the life of mortal through him who is alive and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Paul's letter to the Roman Christians ends with glory to God because the mystery of salvation, secret for long ages past, is now disclosed. Jesus Christ is present with us and this revelation is for all people everywhere. The epistle is from Romans chapter 16 beginning at verse 25. Now to God, who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages but is now disclosed, and through the prophetic writings is made known to all the Gentiles according to the command of the eternal God, 
to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. The angel Gabriel visits Mary and announces the coming of Jesus. He is the one to whom will be given the throne of David and his kingdom will be without end. Hear the gospel of our Saviour Christ according to Luke chapter 1 beginning at verse 26. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favoured one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words, and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, for he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, 
How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, And this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today on the eve of Christmas, when we celebrate the birthday of Christ, two women take central stage in the Gospel narrative. I'm referring to Mary and Elizabeth. There's a sense of mystery running through much of the Gospel account. St. Luke begins his record with the visit of the angel Gabriel to Mary. That event has been portrayed on many of the most valuable paintings in existence. It's mentioned in a number of Christmas carols and is an essential part of every school nativity play. I don't claim to understand fully the significance of angels, but I certainly don't accept that they're supernatural creatures floating about in the sky like graceful birds. Traditionally, and especially in Eastern Christian thinking, angels are considered to be messengers from God. The inclusion of an angel, Gabriel, in St. Luke's account is designed to emphasize the importance of the role Mary would play as the mother of Jesus. We're told that while not married, Mary was betrothed to Joseph, a relationship that was as binding as marriage. Traditional Christian belief, which we affirm whenever we say the Apostles or Nicene Creed, acknowledges the virgin birth. Now, whatever our understanding of that statement may be, and you will get get differences of opinion, it is a recognition that the Spirit of God was working in our Lord's birth in a unique and special way. In other words, Christmas is not an ordinary festival like a birthday or great national event, but a very special occasion pointing to the unique nature of Jesus Christ. Very human and yet very divine. If I'm not mistaken, there is no further reference to the virgin birth than that contained in the opening chapters of St. Matthew and St. Luke's version of the Gospel. Mary is sometimes depicted as a quiet, shrinking violet. 
However, she was no such thing. In her lifetime, she was to experience considerable hardship and some terrifying incidents. She had to travel with Joseph almost 100 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem, where Jesus was born. Within a short time, they had to flee with their baby to Egypt to escape the clutches of the fanatical and dangerous King Herod. When Jesus was a 12-year-old child, his parents lost him in crowds in Jerusalem. Just imagine the resultant panic searching for him for three days until they found him in the temple in Jerusalem. Then years later, Mary witnessed the horror of her son dying on a cross. As well as all that, it's thought that her husband Joseph died at a relatively young age, leaving Mary with responsibility for home and family. Despite all that, she remained faithful to her convictions, attending a meeting, as we're told in the Acts of the Apostles, of our Lord's followers in the upper room in Jerusalem after another strange event, the Ascension. While Mary is the main character in today's narrative, we cannot ignore her cousin Elizabeth. She and her husband Zechariah had assumed because of her age that she could not bear a child. Just imagine the joy when the two women met to celebrate the fact that they would become mothers. In time, Elizabeth produced a son, the controversial prophetic figure we call John the Baptist. Mary and Elizabeth had no wealth, they had little social standing. They came from nowhere special. They lived in a cultural backwater. And yet, God singled them out to be his special means of bringing into the world two infants who in one form or another would shape the faith of millions. In the Gospel account recorded by Luke is the Song of Mary, which we call by its traditional name, the Magnificat. While not read this morning, it's considered to be a revolutionary statement, stressing God's solidarity with the poor and of God's impatience with those who use wealth and power to abuse others. They're wonderful words, and words that you and I should dwell on as Christian people who should be concerned about the world in which we live. Indeed, they prompted one person at least to state that, and I quote these words, people do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. For all Christians, regardless of our circumstances or our emotional state, and I recognize that for some the approach to Christmas may seem grim. Despite all that, this is a time for reflective joy as we prepare to celebrate the birth of Christ. 
We may be incapable, for one reason or another, of leaping and jumping about as Mary and Elizabeth may have done when they celebrated their news together. But we can claim Mary, the mother of Jesus, with the words, blessed are you among women. It's good and it's very necessary to be reminded of the need for moral, social and economic change as Advent draws to a close and when the focus tends to be on materialism and personal gain. But the eve of Christmas serves to remind us also of the need for a spiritual revolution in an age of indifference, of the need to remember the mercy of God, and like Mary, to celebrate in the words of that scriptural song of Mary to which I've made reference, that my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. And so to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit be ascribed as his most justly due, all might, majesty, dominion, power and glory, henceforth and forevermore. Amen. Amen. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, on the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets, we believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, this Christmas Eve, as we take some time away from the busyness of the day, help us to reflect on the true reason for Christmas. Lord of your people, as we come together in anticipation of the birth of your son, help us to open ourselves to the possibilities this presents for us. May we, like Mary, allow your will to be done in our lives. Strengthen your church in all the world, and renew the life of this diocese. Christ comes for all. Set our hearts on fire with love for you and give us the courage to be witnesses for you in thought, word and deed. Bless David, our Bishop, John, 
Ken and Walter and build us up in faith and love. Lord, in your mercy. <coughs> Lord of creation, look with favour on the world you have made. We remember those for whom celebrating Christmas is a struggle financially, those living in poverty, those without sufficient heat, light and food. Grant that we may show mercy and respect for all humanity, whatever their present circumstances. Bless Charles our King and guide all in authority. You, Lord, come as Prince of Peace. May your compassion speak through the brokenness of our world, bringing freedom for all. Strengthen and support all who work for peace throughout our land and our world, especially in those places where war is a present reality. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of our relationships, comfort and sustain the communities in which we live and work. Lord, remembering the humble circumstances of your birth, we pray for all those who are homeless and living on the streets of our land. Enable us to serve with compassion our families, friends, neighbours and strangers, and to love one another as you love us. We pray for all those away from home at this time of year, and we give thanks for those who will be working to provide essential services supporting the fabric of society. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of all healing, relieve and protect those who are sick or suffering, and be with those who have any special need. We think of those who may be lonely or afraid, and those without faith, hope and love. You alone are Emmanuel, God with us. We especially pray for anyone for whom Christmas may be difficult and ask that they gain comfort from your promise to remain with us always. We think of those from our parish family who continue to bear the pain of bereavement. We pray for the Craig family, the Clark family, the Stewart family, the Barton family, the Wilson family and the McPherson family. A tiny baby is born to be the light of our world, a light that shines through the darkness. And in a moment's silence, we bring before you, Lord, anyone known personally to us in need of our prayers. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of eternity, your birth reconciles heaven and earth. Bind us together by your Holy Spirit in communion with all who, having confessed the faith, have died in the peace of Christ, that we may entrust ourselves and one another and our whole life to you, Lord God, and come with all your saints to the joys of your eternal kingdom. Amen. Loving Father, as we prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus, help us to share in the celebrations of the angels, the gladness of the shepherds, and the worship of the wise men. Amen. We do not presume to come to this, your table, merciful Lord, trusting our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies, we are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Amen.
In the tender mercy of our God, the day spring from on high shall break upon us to give light to those who dwell in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. be present, Lord Jesus Christ, our risen High Priest. Make yourself known in the breaking of bread. Amen. Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed for us. The Lord is here. 
lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks to the Father Almighty and ever living God, at all times and in all places, it is right to give you thanks and praise. Salvation is your gift through the coming of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And by him you will make all things new when he returns in glory to judge the world. And so with all your people, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing. sustainer of all things. You made us in your own image. Male and female, you created us. Even when we turned away from you, you never ceased to care for us. But in your love and mercy, you freed us from the slavery of sin, giving your only begotten Son to become man, and suffered death on the cross to redeem us. He made there the one complete and all-sufficient sacrifice for the sins of the whole world, he instituted and in his holy gospel commanded us to continue a perpetual memory of his precious death until he comes again. On the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks to you, he gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Father, with this bread and this cup we do as Christ your Son commanded. We remember his passion and death. We celebrate his resurrection and ascension, and we look for the coming of his kingdom. Accept through him, our great High Priest, this our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts, grant by the power of the life-giving Spirit that we may be made one in your holy Church, and partakers of the body and blood of your Son, that he may dwell in us and we in him. Through the same Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom and with whom and in whom, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory are yours, Almighty Father, forever and ever. Amen. As our Saviour Christ has taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. We, we being many are one body, for we all share in the one bread. Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God, who has taken away the sins of the world. Happy are those who are called to his supper. Lord, I am not worthy to receive you, but only say the word, and I shall be healed.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you've given us the pledge of eternal redemption. Grant that we may always eagerly celebrate the saving mystery of the incarnation of your Son. We ask this through him whose coming is certain, whose day draws near, your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Christ, the Son of Righteousness, shine upon you, gladden your hearts, and scatter the darkness from before you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.
you all very much for being with us this morning, the fourth Sunday of Advent, which is also Christmas Eve. And I'm sure in some households, the anticipation and the excitement is building hour by hour. And I do hope that you will be able to have family time over these days of Christmas. Tonight, also Christmas Eve, our Midnight Eucharist, the First Communion of Christmas, at 11.15 p.m. And again, all are welcome. And tomorrow, Christmas Day, Family Communion at 10.15. Please note the slightly earlier time for the service on Christmas Day. I do want to convey a very grateful thanks to all of you who were with us last Sunday for the carol service. The amount collected at the offertory was £1,100, and that was terrific, which has been sent to the Dean of Belfast Black Santa Appeal as Dean Stephen Ford, who is well known to us here in St. Columbus, is raising a lot of money for so many charities across Belfast who are in such great need of support. And as we receive the love and the joy of Christmas, so we give back to offer practical help to those in need. The loose cash collection at the service tonight and tomorrow Christmas Day is also going to the Dean of Belfast's Black Santa appeal. I do encourage all of us to be very generous in our giving as we make a contribution to help where help is most needed. I want to just personally for a moment pay very fulsome thanks and deep appreciation to Dr. Joe McKee, our parish organist and choral director, together with Brian Clements, our assistant organist, and our guest organist, Graham McCulloch and Philip Elliott, who have been working overtime over these past weeks under the direction of Dr. McKee, along with the parish choir and the cantors for the phenomenal music we have been enriched with and have been experiencing throughout these weeks of Advent, the carol service, and also our Christmas services. It doesn't just happen. And music is such an important part of our worship here in St. Columbus. And all of us owe a huge debt of gratitude to Dr. McKee and all those who assist and give so much of your God-given gifts and talents and your energy, not to mention your time at such a busy time, to inspire us and to give us inspiration to send us back out through our church doors to live and work to God's praise and glory. And we do hope for all of you there will be some time together with the clergy team to have some rest over the days following Christmas. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen.